I've always been in an abundant body and in a body that society would consider to be larger than normal. So even as a child, I was in a body that was considered to be larger. And so I was marginalized by a lot of different people, you know, other children, teachers and adults around me, family and friends, and a lot of that influenced how I felt about myself and showing up in the world. You can't keep using tools of oppression and expect to raise free people. Peace, peace. Welcome to episode 116 of Fair of the Free Child podcast. Can I just say that we are like a month shy? I need to look at the exact date. But right now, as we're about to enter May, we're a little over a month shy of three years of this podcast being in motion. And I am just so very grateful for how this work is working us and how we are allowing it to emerge in our lives in different ways and create new realities that we're practicing, some that we've fully adopted and have shifted out of and into, just so much work around what it means to show up authentically and be safe for people over whom you have power. And to also do the own work within yourself to recognize why you make the decisions that you make as a parent or a caregiver, and what you can start doing differently. Of course, this pleasure series is in support of that, and I'm so very grateful and excited to introduce you to, in case you don't even know her like that, Ivy Felicia, a longtime friend of mine, a sistrin, right? That's a sister friend who I just vouch for at the deepest level because Ivy and I have been around each other, watching our lives and subsequently our work evolve. And we are settling into ourselves together in some ways because we're part of this small WhatsApp group that's been around forever. (laughs) That's what is it, like five of us? Let's see, it's me, Ivy, Belu, Trelawney, and Mo. Yeah, it's five of us in this group, and we've just been rocking with each other for a very long time and seen each other through a lot of things. And Ivy's work right now, I think, is the perfect closeout of the pleasure series and segue into the next series, which you'll hear about next week. (laughs) So Ivy's work is really rooted in body relationships. She is the body relationship coach, as you'll hear her say. I asked Ivy on because I wanted us to explore what it means to make room for or get in the way of pleasure when it comes to our children's bodies, specifically the size of their bodies. There's a lot that we could get into with bodies, right? I think that needs to be its own series, actually. Maybe we'll do a body series so we can talk about things like masturbation, so we can talk about things like attire, we can talk about hair in great detail. Thea Monier and I touched on that a little bit, but I want to go even further in. And there's this sister that I met in LA that does work around hair as sacred work. So I want to bring her into our mix as well. But Ivy's episode here is going to be a really good closeout for the pleasure series and a segue into the next series, because specifically, we don't talk enough, I don't think, 
about the size of our children's bodies, especially particularly when they show up in a larger than what we think is okay body, and then what we do as a result of that. And it's really important because, of course, oppression shows up. And if we accept one form, then it's easy for us to accept other forms. So we need to talk about what happens with our own baggage in a society that reveres a very particular body type. And when we or our children or children in our care don't show up in ways that match whatever is approved by society, how are we getting in the way of their pleasure, of their joy, of their right to feel free and happy? And what can we do differently? This is what this episode is about. So Ivy's been doing this work since back in the day when we were both based in Atlanta. She's been holding space for women folk to get together and feel a bit of reprieve. Ivy used to do events or experiences, as she now calls them, and group gatherings for us as women to, again, just have some reprieve, to feel heard, to feel seen. And now the evolution of her work as the body relationship coach is centered on body peace and holistic wellness at any size. She's a speaker. She's an activist. She's a healer. She's a coach. She's a really amazing, genuine sister friend. And so let's listen to what Ivy's saying here. Let's have some conversation about it. All right. Let's talk online. Let's talk on Patreon. God damn it, let's talk about it. Even if you're not talking to me, let's talk about it. I am Ivy Felicia. I'm the body relationship coach. And I can be found at me, mybodyandlove.com. And basically what I do is help women of all body sizes, shapes, and types learn how to feel confident in their skin. And I help them do that through holistic wellness and radical self-care that I learned from you, Akila. <laughs> and some of the tools that I help them do that with is helping them strengthen their internal connection with their body and also detach from being defined by external definitions of beauty and wellness. So y'all know where this is going, right? Again, how are we as adults doing when it comes to allowing the necessary space for our children to be their full selves? Are the children in your care, my care, our care, feeling the need to minimize themselves as a result of our actions? So I asked Ivy whether this was always the case for her this way she's embracing the abundance of her body and her whole self now, of course, we needed to get into whether that's always been the case for her. And that's what we're addressing here. Well, I love, love, love that you're talking about pleasure because that is actually one of my words of the year or themes for the year. Ah, so. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, I actually like every year for the past few years, I've sort of like posted on Instagram, this is my word for the year. And it's pleasure and prosperity, which is also kind of connected to abundance and play. Ah. Normally, I would have one word, but this year, I really felt like all of those things were connected. And I'm glad that you asked because I feel that it is rooted in me embracing my abundance. I feel like 
giving myself permission to embrace my abundance created space for me to embrace pleasure and play and prosperity <laughs> and all of those things. Yeah. And so embracing my abundance for me has shown up in not just physical, meaning my the fact that I live in an abundant body, but just the abundance of who I am as a human being, my how I show up energetically, my talents, my personality, just being a very grandiose being in the world and releasing that need to minimize myself has opened the door for me to be abundant in other areas of life. And that includes experiencing pleasure. I've always been in an abundant body and in a body that society would consider to be larger than normal. So even as a child, I was in a body that was considered to be larger. And so I was marginalized by a lot of different people, other children, teachers and adults around me, family and friends, and a lot of that influenced how I felt about myself and showing up in the world. But coincidentally, I wasn't just in an abundant body. I've always sort of had an abundant dynamic as a person. Like I'm a feeler. I have a lot of like emotions. And a lot of times I was told that I was too emotional or I was too sensitive. It just sort of came across as me feeling like I was just too much in every way, just too much physically. I was too big. I was too outspoken, too emotional, too sensitive. <laughs> so that is why now part of my tagline is I'm never too much and always enough because I really had to come to that realization that all of me being grandiose was just the way that I showed up in the world and that I needed all of that so that I could share with others. Listening to you speak about where your value sort of showed up as a child, mine showed up in my intellect. I was always pushed or celebrated for being very intelligent. It's like, oh, you're so smart. Oh, you, you get such good grades. And I came from authoritarian parents who were like, okay, you have to have A's all the time. And I had perfect attendance. And they were, I come from a perfectionist parent as a father. So a lot of that sort of, as you said, how parents sort of project onto their children, that was projected onto me, like this need for perfection. And that perfection was expected in academia. So always be at school, no matter what, always have good grades, always be obedient and well-behaved. I was always celebrated for, oh, you never give the teachers a problem. You're never disrespectful. Those things became sort of like this definition of Ivy and who Ivy was expected to be. And even sometimes comments were, if people did tease me about my body or as I got older into adolescence and things like that, and I was teased and I would bring those topics up, it would sort of be overshadowed by, yeah, but you're so smart. You get such good grades. And so then those things were minimized and my intelligence became the focus and it became my value. And that actually is why now I have done the work and I'm still doing the work 
to redefine myself is not having to be the golden star type person, <laughs> because I think I've shared this with you personally, yes. that I was the gold star child who was like always getting that gold star, that sticker from the teacher, always being praised for if it wasn't academics, behavior, or being respectful, or all of those things. And that limited my ability to play, literally and figuratively in life, because it was important for me to perform. Another P. (laughs) Yes, a performance. A P in a different way. (laughs) (laughs) I was even discouraged from, like, sports and physical activities because it was like, yeah, you can't do that. I didn't even get the chance to try it. And talking about parenting and teachers and things like that, it took me a long time, even as an adult, to reframe my brain to even think that I could do sports, fitness, things like that, because for so long, they just told me that I couldn't. So they defined you for you. Yeah. And and then you had to do the work. Yeah, I know you talk about that a lot, even with yoga, right? Mm -hmm. That's like a hella colonized space in a lot of different ways, including that it's just this really one particular body that shows up. And I love that you engage in that publicly with us to be like, yo, that's ridiculous. Fuck off. And also, isn't this awesome? Like you Mm -hmm. genuinely are having a good time and it shows it's like, it just allows us to remember that a lot of these things are just biases that were placed in our worlds and that we don't have to continue to accept them or buy into them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk, Ivy, about what we can do as adults when we are dealing with all the different variations that humans show up in and knowing the biases that are specific to bodies of size. What are some of the things from your experiences that you think we can start to do better as adults or do differently altogether? I recently spoke at an event in Washington, D.C., and two things that I brought up I think are really appropriate here as well. First of all is that we are not our bodies. We are souls that live in a body, right? And so we use our bodies to navigate the world. Our bodies carry us throughout the world. And I think it's important that those who are teachers, parents, caretakers, all of those things when it comes to nurturing other humans, (laughs) to remember that. It's so easy to constantly see a person in their body and define them by their body. But I think if we can remember that the body doesn't have to be a limitation, that's the second thing. The body doesn't have to be a limitation on that being. And I know that's something that you all talk about a lot in this space as well. Removing those limitations and those expectations of how a soul or a being should show up in the world simply by how they look. And so if there was anything that I can impress on people, it sounds really simple, but it's so powerful just to remember that when you're nurturing other beings don't define them by the bodies that they show up in. So Ivy, I'm going to challenge us to even push a little bit more inside of this, right? So the reality is that we do because we were groomed in those spaces. We speak for myself. Again, just my friendship with you and a couple of other women of size have really helped me to recognize a lot of the things that I didn't even know were Mm -hmm. ideas that I held or beliefs that I had. And so it's not 
there is some intentionality and work that you do when you recognize that, yeah, this isn't, that's stupid. That's a stupid ass thing for me to be focused on somebody's left pinky toe or the size of their body or how one hair moves slightly to the left or pick any random thing. But the reality is that being in a, a body of size is not a random thing. It's one that has been targeted for a very long time and labeled. So when we recognize that we believe that, what can we do? Even if we do think, okay, I do want to believe that I shouldn't care what someone looks like. Am I treating this child differently? Am I saying, oh, are you going to have another cookie? Or am I saying like all of these things that I wouldn't say to another child? I want us to recognize that. Like it isn't enough for you to think those thoughts. Your actions need to be different towards that child. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like it's important to, because We know that even though we're doing the work like you're doing the work here in this community and we we do the work in fat acceptance and body acceptance communities, that the entire world is not like that. So we don't exist inside of a utopia, although we might create them in spaces like take up space or whatever (laughs) temporarily. So the world, there are systemic oppressions. There are different ways that people classify us by our bodies. And so recognizing and honoring those experiences that children or other people are dealing with when they're going out into the world and when they're moving around the world, but not reinforcing that oppression or those systemic forms of defining them within your own home or within your own classrooms or within your own interactions with those people. You know, don't be part of the oppression. Don't be part of the problem by reinforcing those things, such as defining a person by their size and making assumptions about their health or making assumptions about their intelligence or their beauty or their capacity to be great simply by how they show up in the world. Thank you for that. So to recognize those things and Mm -hmm. to do the work of not bringing that into your house, call it out when you're watching Mm -hmm. TV together and somebody makes a fat joke or says something about the beauty of a person based on the fact that they are fat. Like all these things we see all the time. These are some of the ways that I just try to keep that top of mind for my children. I bring it up and say, oh, you heard what he said? That's bullshit. Like little things like that so that they recognize, oh, yeah, he did do that. He did say that she was Mm -hmm. less attractive because she was fat or that he couldn't do this because he was fat. He totally made an assumption. But when he that guy did that backflip, he was surprised. Why was he surprised? That's really like we have those conversations because that's how you can make sure your kids don't think that shit is normal and okay. Yeah, I love that. It's sort of like inviting them to think outside of the box when it comes to those things. Yeah, I think we have to. We have to because otherwise that's how behavior is normalized Mm -hmm. because it's just reinforced everywhere, including at home. So Ivy's website and just following her as well on Instagram, you're also on Facebook, right, Ivy? Yes. Yes. Okay. And I'll put all of those links in the show notes page. Those are going to be great resources for you because you'll be able to see from the topics that Ivy brings up. I love her Insta stories. She's always just kind of keeping it 
present for us, the idea of looking at people as people, looking at people as the totality of who they are and not focusing on physicality because that's ridiculous. And she talks about why and what to do instead. And so this is a great set of resources for you to figure out how you can be having these conversations in your home, whether you have a child or children of size or not, because all of it matters. All of us are playing a role in it in one way or another. And so Ivy, thank you so much for being a brilliant resource for us in the space of working with body peace and not perpetuating a lot of the traumas that have come from us being not mindful when it comes to embracing people. So we wrap our chat with a bit about what Ivy does now outside of her one-on-one client work and her group coaching and the conversations that she nurtures as a speaker. All of those links will be on the show notes page. So Ivy is talking in this next segment about Fat Women of Color a space that she created online, and then Take Up Space, which is an in-person live experience for women of size who are Black or Brown to get together and be in the space together, do the work together, take up space together. So Ivy's talking to us about that. Black women of color have very humble beginnings. (laughs) It was sort of just my own rebellion, right? It was like an embracing of myself and the intersections of who I am, being a person of size, being Black, being a cishet woman, identifying as a woman in the world. And so I started with just creating it as an Instagram account. And I noticed that on the internet, there wasn't really a space where just regular, everyday Black and brown women of size could be celebrated. I saw a lot of accounts, not that there's anything wrong with them, (laughs) but that focused on fashion and the need for black and brown women of size to show up always fly and fashionable and slaying all this stuff. But I didn't see a space just for people just to show up as who they are, just everyday life and just capturing those moments and not to have to make up for fatness by substituting beauty, right? And so I created Fat Women of Color with that intention for Black and Brown women of size to be able to take up space together, also to create a space on the internet where black and brown women of size could see each other and be inspired or be healed with each other's story. Recently, I posted something on Fat Women of Color that just sort of talked about how fat girl selfies saved me. You know, just Mm -hmm. seeing other fat women of color just daring to exist unapologetically how healing and liberating that is. And so that was the intention and the fact that it's doing that, I can't explain how that feels. I feel like this is like one of the most meaningful things I've ever done in life of all the work I've ever done. And you've done a lot of meaningful work, (laughs) Ivy. Oh my gosh. So you said a phrase that I want to interject here. You said for Black and Brown women of size to take up space. And that Mm -hmm. taking up space actually manifested also 
in a group gathering that you'll be doing another one of this time in Atlanta. So I get to see you. So (laughs) could we talk just briefly about Taking Up Space? So I created Take Up Space last year. It sort of started as with an idea of it being a meetup and it turned into an experience. And that's why I don't even call it an event. I call it an experience. And um, it's the opportunity for Black and brown women of size to come together and share sisterhood, support, and experience sanctuary. And so I see it as creating our own utopia for a few hours where we don't have to be worried about all the other things that come with being Black or come with being a woman or come with being a person of size. You can just come together and it really is created in the spirit of play to have a really great time with each other. For women who, as we say, arrive as strangers, they can leave as friends. They can hear inspirational words from other people who may have similar experiences. The main thing is just to know that you're not alone and to sort of be refreshed and inspired to go back out into the world after leaving the event and take up space with your voice, with your body, and with your energy. Take up space in Atlanta is June the 8th this year. Gotcha. Okay. And the link will be on the show notes page. Thank you so much for having me and for giving me a space to just share this perspective with other people. Yes, much love. More to come. Y'all be sure to visit Ivy's website and Instagram. I say Instagram because that's the only one that I'm on, but social media, people (laughs) on other stuff, social media profiles as well. You will love, love, love the opportunities and the, the awesome sauce that is Ivy. All right, sis. Thank you. I appreciate you. Peace. The show notes page for this episode is raisingfreepeople.com forward slash 116. You are going to want to see all of the links to Ivy's work, including her features in Time Magazine and the Washington Post, because Ivy's not playing these games. (laughs) And more and more people are finally starting to really understand that this is not about necessarily changing your body especially before coming to terms with, making peace with, celebrating even the physical body that you show up in. Ivy has taught me so much just as a woman who navigates body issues with fibroid tumors and the things that happen with that, endometriosis that doesn't show up physically in my body but affects my relationship with my body, the changes that happen through having babies, all of these things. Ivy has been such a integral part, such an integral part of my own healing journey. So it's been so wonderful to be able to share just little snippets of Ivy's perspectives and insights with you and make sure you head over to memybodyandlove.com to get more details. And of course, the show notes page here will take you to several links connected to Ivy's work. Also want to shout out two new patrons, Dale and Kathy. Dale, thank you so much for your support and your kind message. Kathy, thank you for your support and your kind message. Anyone listening and enjoying what you've heard 
you have an opportunity to support my work, support this show, support the network that I'm building out by donating any monthly amount to patreon.com forward slash Akila. Of course, you can get directly to that link from the show notes page or on my IG bio, not mean, anywhere. Also, while I'm in shout out mode, I want to shout out a few of the folks who are just constantly supporting me even outside of Patreon in the littlest, biggest ways. So Lou of Conversations with Lou, you, thank you, Lou. I feel like you listen every single week and I really appreciated your sweet voice memo after listening to a couple of recent episodes. I love you, sis. Thank you for your encouragement. Angel, whew. That is another sister who leaves me the most encouraging messages from time to time and reminders about the value of what I'm doing. And just all of these things are part of my Thrive strategy. Thank y'all so much. Going back to Patreon, Mercer, that's another sister who is so supportive and lends herself to this work, to my work in particular inside the movement and, you know, just levels of appreciation and thing, you know? <laughs> and of course, when it comes to appreciation, Fatima, Juan, Marley, that is the Fear of the Free Child slash Raising Free People Network team right now. And Fatima, Juan, and Marley help every week to produce the episodes. So I love y'all. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. Okay. I have a special announcement coming up about the next series. You know, we've done the Parenting Founder series so far this season, and then Ivy helped us close out the Pleasure series today. And next, we're focusing on, for the entire month of May, something that I'm not going to tell you till next week. <laughs> if you're part of the Patreon community, you'll know before that. I so do it. But um, much love and thank you for listening. Please feel through what you heard. Don't just like take it in and move on. Really feel through these episodes because the goal here is to examine, disrupt, and shift these toxic parenting and caregiving practices that we've adopted as normal that ain't motherfucking normal and to start to do better. All right. Thank you for listening. Chat to you next week. Peace.